there just isn't. I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up my career doing approvals around PGA National and all the stuff in Palm Beach Gardens, and yes, they had their commercial center, but you had to drive to that commercial center. So a, it was so spread out. So you know, a, a, a good example of that is contrast the different the the activity, the social life, the right. the community, the engagement of people in a place like. Yeah. 71st Street, Norman in North Beach. Yeah. Washington Avenue. Yeah. In South Beach, and contrast that with 41st Street. Yes. All in one city. Best demographics in the city, adjacent to it. And it's dead. And it's dead. Yeah. And it's dead for because it doesn't have the density. It's right. dead because it's car dependent. Right. It's not walkable. It's you know, it's, but it's a, yeah, it's a street design for cars. It's a Absolutely. street design for cars. No question. Um, and and also because banks, real estate offices, yeah. all these other ground floor uses, they're just all big signs. And it's expensive and, signs. And you is what I don't call. get that, and you don't get that <laughs> turnover in that the and things to come all in. That, all that dead space. If they would even come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that's. You know that's the difference, right. and so you have, you have, the business district for the wealthiest part of the community is dead, and the business district in the poorest part of the community is it's active vibrant. and vibrant, yes. and 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 and, and this is a place you want to be, and a place you want to go and and do things. Right, right, because it's more interesting. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, and. I mean, some people don't like crowds. I mean, some people don't want it. But and, but and you can't fine. but you can't plan a community because you know because five people want to stay the same and don't want to be any around want around anyone else. Yeah, I just I mean you know I'm just I'm really just sitting here thinking about you know the places we've worked um, where you know they they want that laundry list of things that you talked about and you know they will not have that conversation about density. They won't have. A, they won't even have the conversation about um, traffic calming or road diets or whatever you want to call it, because they're so afraid of, you know, some kind of pushback on you know the traffic is worse instead of focusing on people actually walking somewhere. I mean, to to a degree, we had this conversation in Opalaka a little bit. Yeah. Where I was like, no, we don't we don't need a parking garage right next to the train station. Because you want people to walk from three blocks away. Three block walk is pretty much okay, guys. It'll right. it, it'll work. Yep. Um, and when you do that, you create flow past retail storefronts. And if you're a decent retailer, you're going to capture some of that flow as customers, and it begins to create a virtuous cycle. Um, but we just we get so caught up in what I'll call the engineering questions of well, you know, do we meet the traffic standard and you know that kind of thing. And you know, if, well, if we build another hundred you know housing units here then we've got to do our traffic analysis it's actually one of the biggest regulatory problems that we have right parking it is. parking regulations and traffic impact regulations yep um, and if we threw both of those out the door we'd actually build nicer places right and even com communities where you know the the conversation about traffic is in your active districts and, they, and not scale big scale districts, right. one story districts, right. two story. Just just your your downtowns, a place like Northeast Second Avenue. Yeah. Um, you know, a place like Ocean Drive. Yeah. I would say. You know the 
it should not be a place that's made for cars to go through. No. You know, just because traffic's going slow doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You know, the I hate what they've done on Ocean Drive with with the bike lane. With the the one lane and because it's that you know, it's Ocean Drive was never a place that you took to get somewhere else. No. And and it was it was it's that CNBC. gridlock, it was that slow movement of yeah. those cars and the rollerbladers skating down the middle between them and it's that's what created contributed to the street life and that sense of activity. I go down there now. I mean, it was worse when it was completely closed, but I go down there still now and look at it and it just doesn't have that energy. Right. That at least I that I found It's on been it engineered. When it was it has. It, and <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't find it inviting and active and vibrant the way that it the way that it had been in the past. You know, and if 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 downtown, you know, if Northeast Second Avenue in Miami Shores is going to have traffic on it, awesome. Yeah. You know, who cares about someone going from El Portal to North Miami? Take Miami Avenue. Yeah. You know, take another road. This is this is our community's downtown. Right. Um, and why do you have to go that far for anything anyway? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, I think another good question to ask people when they when they bring this up is okay, so. Now, what is your favorite European city? Most people have traveled, whatever. Um, or, you know, if you really want, I mean, I would even go as far as saying, what's your favorite Canadian city? Because frankly, Canadians do cities better than we do. Well, or, or even Latin American cities. South America, Central South America, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're kind of the, the, we're kind of the country that screwed it up and we're teaching the rest of the world how to screw it up. Um, instead of us saying, well, hang on a second, we know we love these other places. You know, I want to visit Paris. I want to, you know, well, what do you know about density in Paris? Yeah. What do you know about traffic in Paris? Mm -hmm. Right? What's their, what's their traffic standard? Right? Um, you know, how do people get around? What's their transit like? Right? If you yeah. like those other cities, then why don't you want to be more like them? Right. Right? Um, and, 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 and understand that that's how they function and that's how they work. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a pretty interesting place. I mean, we, we have, you know, so much land mass per person in this country um, that I, I think it's just, it's just been a, a weird kind of, affluence in the amount of land that we have mm -hmm. um, and and we've always kind of looked at it that way and it's why our economy grew up around natural resources at first and things like that but um, we're in terms of building cities we're, we're pretty bad at it <laughs> actually we we were pretty good at it so you know I mean like even my time in Cleveland you can see how it functioned really well at some point in time when I talked to my parents and others about how they grew up and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, they went, they went on dates on the bus guys, yep. you know, and, and my kids couldn't imagine that, you know, we grew up a little bit differently, but even the suburb that I grew up in was pretty walkable. Um, and we've just kind of continued to do this thing where, um, we're completely car dependent and, uh, our, our lifestyle kind of stinks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, where my mom grew up little tiny town in Texas, you know, listening to 
you know, when she was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, this small West Texas town, it's downtown was vibrant. And I can remember as a kid going down there and there right. were women's clothes stores and men's stores yes. and, and they had Emmy Moses was the toy store that there we'd go, go to and yeah. they, you know, the appliance store, they had all of this. I can remember even as a kid when it was still in, and, and then it just, it just completely died. Um, right. And it's, it's now going through some revitalization and that is includes some introduction of not necessarily new construction but some repurposing of some buildings and introducing residential and and some other uses in there that that brings you know activity activity back in doesn't change the character of the buildings of of the downtown at all it enhances it 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 gets you know it, it it cleans it up and shows you know that new investment but i mean it's how cities have functioned it's how cities functioned and functioned for a long time and then you know, a hundred years ago, when they when they basically, and that's what the slide that I included mm-hmm. is is the engineer that in 1922, when you've seen that video from San Francisco of the that was taken as colorized the and it's taken from a streetcar driving through San Francisco. No, I don't think I've seen and that it one. shows it shows cars and people and horses and just it's just a mess of everyone out in the in the roads. And what happened is this engineer and I can't remember what his name is, uh, did a study and and it got accepted in the engineering community that all of this mess of all these different types of, of uses in the roadways was dangerous for pedestrians. And so to save pedestrian lives, they took them out of the right way, right away and planned, ca- planned roads for cars starting in 1922. And so this is not this year. A couple of weeks ago, I came across this. It's the hundredth birthday. Hundredth birthday. And, and the interesting thing is, this guy who destroyed our cities ultimately by turning roads into only being for cars in order to save pedestrians' lives. Uh-huh. This guy died in a car crash. And to this day, we're we're focused on pedestrian deaths more than we are on actual walkability. Um, you know that's the, that's our that's our number one metric, right? Yeah. So, um, and and you know by keeping people from walking, we can actually get those numbers. We we think we can manage those numbers by making sure people don't walk. <laughs> so we build roads where people won't walk, right. right? You know it's interesting, and to answer your question about places that don't have the density that are surrounded by single family, yeah, with vibrant downtowns. Where my mom lives now actually is one, Granbury, Texas. Right. Okay. So but, it's a matter of scale. But why is it vibrant? You've got this downtown, historic Texas courthouse square downtown. Okay. It's, it's aspirational for many communities in Texas. Okay. It, it is vibrant like that. So Maybe it's county seat? It is county seat. Okay. Maybe a five-minute drive away is... Highway 377, which is your traditional sprawl commercial highway, mm-hmm. all your big boxes, all your fast food, okay. all of that. But unlike in some places, like in Weatherford, Texas, or some other places, that sprawl didn't suck the life out of the downtown. But what they did, and this goes to it's, get your take on this, you know, we, we can't introduce density into our downtowns because we're scared of traffic, but we want a vibrant downtown. So what do we do to make a vibrant downtown when we don't do density, which is what Granbury did? Tourism. 
Yeah. Which brings traffic to your downtown. Right. And so it's traffic is it's a downtown it is congested roads. It is busy. But it's because they have created they've done such a good job on the tourism side in making themselves into a destination both for tourism as well as um as well as just regional from the Metroplex. Right. Um, even Fredericksburg is probably very similar out in the hill country. Uh, but you're so still... So you use visitors instead of res in addition to residents, right? Right. So you've created density through tourism and visitors rather than residents. But you've got to, you've got to have a reason to be able to create that place, and and not all these not everyone can, has the ability to do that, um, especially in a place like South Florida where there is so much competition. I'm wondering, you know, I think you know even when you look at downtown Hollywood, where you have over by the Circle, you've got the Publix and the Walgreens and 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 all of that. But but Hollywood Boulevard itself in the historic downtown is all character stores right. and restaurants. Right. Um, so you do have visitors, but you've also had a, the introduction of a lot of density around the circle. No question. Um, and still the need for, uh, you know, some, some additional sort of anchor activities. Very true. But I think it's, it's but I, I guess the, I guess that's what it is, though, is that those successful downtowns have created density of some site, some type, whether it's residential or not. But again, it's just like having office uses. Office uses, you know, and, and then you have a dead, you're dead at night. Um, in some places, the challenge in downtown Hollywood is there's no daytime use. Well, there's no daytime activity. So you've also got a, what I'll call, um, a density of establishments in downtown Hollywood. Yes. Right? So you don't have, the, you know, this restaurant is not surrounded by parking. <laughs> Right, and so there's a there's a form issue around that. There's there's a density of use versus just residential density. Right, for example, right, and so if even if you have three and four story buildings that have residential above storefronts, and if they're kind of compactly placed and spaced, then you've created a density of activity and use, which is part of the character that people at least now, seem to want. I would argue that it's, they've always wanted it. Right. Um, they just got sold something different, you know, based on affordability and home ownership way back when. Um, and now we spend more for our cars than our parents did for their houses. But, um, yeah, I think there's I think there's an interesting part of that. And I'm, I'm thinking about and our... And we spend as much time in our cars as we yes, do in our houses. Yes, this is true. Um, so... You know, I have this other home in Cincinnati. It's a little town called Bellevue because you, you brought up little towns, and I was like, oh, interesting. Um, and one of the interesting challenges that I see them having right now is they've got a good amount of density. I mean, so, you know, the lots are 20 to 25 feet wide. You know, we own a double. You know, there's just lots of um, good potential customers around. But they don't have a a really interesting business or vibrant business community where the businesses are open all the time and that they've got a good mix that kind of encourages people to walk around. Um, and part of that is that there's been very little turnover even in the businesses that are there. Um, we did we did lose a bank recently, which I was really happy about. Um, but you know you've you've got these other places, and you know somebody taught me the word. All oh, those are just hobby businesses, right? And so, 
with rare exceptions, if I walk down this perfectly beautiful Main Street, um, which is where my parents had their first apartment, which is hilarious, um, it's dead. And yet the density question of residential anyway, and the people that drive past and there's, you know, a potential for visitors and everything else, all those ingredients seem to be there, but the retail and business mix hasn't caught up or it hasn't adjusted. Right. Um, and I think it does get to brand as well. So, you know, Bellevue is the place you go to get your nails done and your hair done and, you know, um, maybe go for lunch or brunch, you know, twice a year or something like that. Whereas the density itself would suggest it would some, be something completely different. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. The, this whole question, I mean, I know typically when we're talking about density, it's about retail density. But, for example, to your earlier point, um, hotels, Airbnbs, all those other kind of things that are supportive of that visitor economy, um, they're part of that density mix, too, um, that is also welcoming. Right. 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 So that's those other people. Yeah. <laughs> that we're inviting in to our Airbnbs or whatever that we should be afraid of um, because they're going to come in their cars and create cra crazy traffic or whatever. Right. Uh, you know. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of there's a there's a there's an interesting dichotomy in the American psyche, I think, where we want this fierce independence and we want um, our all of our own space, but we really like going to Europe to be around people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, ah. I love Barcelona, but. Yeah, yeah, but but, but, now I'm but, back but here. I don't want it. I don't want it here. Yeah, <laughs> not in my neighborhood. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's a it's a fascinating kind of culture that we have from that standpoint. I think we're evolving. I think we're getting back to people understanding the inherent value of urban places. Um, and I I usually think that, and then I I watch a discussion like 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 we're we're seeing close to where I live now and. And, and the tone is just so negative. I, th I think I think you have, I think we're in you're in a, a metro area, yeah, where you have a lot of different character areas and a lot of different neighborhoods. True. I think the other thing that you hear about, I mean, even even in in these, and this is this is the ultimate of the NIMBY, um, is you know everyone loves to talk about affordability issues in in South Florida, and in in Miami Dade, and talk about you know whether it's traffic or any of these other things. Right. Um, but no one wants to do anything to actually help. You know, they everyone wants to look like a concerned citizen, and sort of pontificate about the affordability and challenges of people, but just don't solve it in my community. Right. Um, and right. you know, and and fine. You know, you don't want it in your neighborhood. You don't want it in your neighborhood. Stop bitching about this other stuff then. You know. Well, and and I will tell you that from my perspective, that creates this amazing opportunity. For communities who can get past that and say, "Wait a minute, there's a there's an opportunity here for us." Well, and that's I, I agree with that, and that's why you see the tax base growth that you see in a place like North Miami, right? Compared to the tax base growth that you do not see in a place like Miami Shores, where you have, you know, much higher valued properties, right? Um, but but you know you you don't see that growth for a number of reasons, even when you have property values going up. Um, it, it doesn't come back to the bottom line of the community 
and the leaders of that community having, you know, the ability to to have the resources to really stay on top of quality of life issues. Right. You know, and and all of a sudden you get passed by. You know, and 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 there becomes, you know, you know, why is why is this downtown not work? Well, because this one does. Because the one because there's, there's competition. 20 blocks up the road is uh-huh. not scared of these conversations. Right. And and neither is their citizenry. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to leadership and leadership building credibility that the community knows that, that they're being watched out for. But sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes you've just got, you know, you've got bad actors in communities. Always. You've got, you know, people who, who want to kind of impose their own view on everybody else. Uh, who you know think they, you know, know more about these subjects than anyone else. Um, you know, and they some, don't think they know more. They know they know. They more. know they know more. Um, and and then you've got, you know, you you have you know, you know, just different different leadership styles and capabilities and 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 just even and it's it's even just how you deal with. How 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 leadership, you know, either just kind of you know plays it safe, you know, go along to get along, or or have the will to actually you know lead and lead. and improve right. your community. Right. I mean, and and part of that is just simply driving the narrative. Um, kind of back to what I said a little bit earlier. Are you looking at this potential um, increase in density? Let's say as an opportunity for the community or something that's a threat to the community. And you can tell the story both ways almost always, right? Um, And, you know, be sensitive to certain things, but, uh, you know, even as we do plans, you know, there's usually, you know, top three goals kind of thing. And to your earlier point, almost always some increases in density, either residential visitor or business are going to help those goals um, and you know kind of helping people get past their their gut reaction fears of thing fears of everything um, I think that's that's part of the leadership role right and sometimes staff can play that role and sometimes consultants can play that role and oftentimes elected officials can play that role and frankly sometimes activists can play that role and we've seen a few good players that way as well um, I, I think that there are how can I say this? There are too few people brave enough to stand up and say, um, kind of, kind of be the balancing voice in a room. Um, too many people are afraid to like end up as the object of, of being attacked to do that anymore. It's, it's kind of interesting, and and I will, I will say like our sustainability friends, you know, for me they should be on point on the on the density question.